Welcome to the Podglomerate. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or was just too hard to ask your partner, welcome to the Sex Wrap. Hey everybody, and welcome back to The Sex Wrap. You're here today with Andrew and Spring, answering your questions about love, sex, relationships, all the good stuff in life, all those questions that people are afraid to ask or afraid to talk to their partners about. How are you today, Spring? I'm so great. And I just want to talk about how qualified we are, because sometimes people forget that we actually are trained in this. And one of my friends this morning was talking to her mom on the phone, and she was like, no. Spring's a doctor, mom. No, mom, call her doctor. She's actually a doctor. And I was like, yeah, we are. <laughs> and we are trained in sexuality. That's what our PhDs are in. And that's why we're here. We're here for you to answer these questions from a well-trained and expert point of view. I think it's pretty cool that people forget that we're doctors because we're approachable <laughs> and we're fun and we're funny. Um, I don't even keep my diplomas up in a, on a wall where people can see them in my office because I just want to have a conversation with you. But yeah, Spring and I are well-trained, well-versed, well-published, <laughs> all of that good stuff. Um, so, so for today, to introduce our question, I wrote a little song. And I can't really sing. Um, And Spring is an excellent singer, also known as she sings just as well as I do. Um, Do do you want to give it a go? (laughs) We're going to get so much feedback about this. Okay. So I'll start and then you can sing. How does that sound? Oh, sure. How are you going to start it? Okay. Coitus interruptus. What an interesting phrase. Coitus interruptus, ain't no passing craze. It means more ways for the rest of your days. It's, it's a, problem a problem. Philosophy. <laughs> coitus interruptus. <laughs> what so is coitus interruptus? We're talking about pulling out. Um, so pulling the out. question that's coming- Pulling out. The question that someone asked is pulling out a good form of protection. Um, I mean, and it's been around forever, right? Like uh, shortly after sex was created, people said, <laughs> oh, crap, I don't want a baby. What can I do to prevent this? Pulling out was created. So it's been around forever. Yeah. So, so and when we're talking about is it a good form of protection, we need to talk about what type of protection are we talking about? So pulling out is not a good form of protection against sexually transmitted infections. Right. Conorrhea, chlamydia, syphilis, they, herpes, HPV. Yeah. Yeah. HIV. High risk. Um, Right. So pulling out is a very bad form of protection against STDs, STIs. But if we're talking about pregnancy, it depends. It depends. It's, it's, There is some prevention, so we can talk about risk reduction, and we can talk about how, yes, there's going to be a much lower risk of a pregnancy, but that doesn't mean you're fully protected. And it's really common, too. So when people ask this question, it's because there's a lot of people who are interested in it. A lot of people do it. Um, 
there's uh, some research by the Centers for Disease Control, CDC, that shows that 60% of uh, women at some point in their life have relied on the pull-out method as their primary form of birth control, right? So is it effective? Is it not effective? Um, we'll talk about that in a few minutes, but we know that it's really common. Um, at any given time in, across the entire United States, about 5% of women are using the pull-out method, or coitus interruptus, um, as their primary form of birth control. So it's common, people are using it. And I think this question makes a lot of sense. Is this thing that people are talking about, that people are using, actually good? So, yeah, I mean, there is some value to it. And I think that, I mean, we not only do women use it, and sorry, we're saying women use it, but women are using it with with male partners, right? <laughs> right. So men are are doing the thing, but women are the ones who are using it as a form of, I don't know, couples use it for birth control? <laughs> yeah. Is yeah. couples too strong of a word? Like people who are engaging in intercourse? Sexual activity, yeah. Yeah, there we go. So, so yeah, so we know that a lot of people use it. And when we talk about any form of birth control, there's kind of this idea of perfect use and typical use. And so when we're looking at any type of pill or hormonal or non-hormonal birth controls, all of these things have mm-hmm, all of these things have a perfect use. Like if everything went perfectly as planned every single time, what the failure rate is, and then how it typically happens and what the failure rate is. And so we can talk about those for the pullout method. And sure, perfect use is pretty high if you do it perfectly. And there's like very, very little, if any pre-cum even, that gets inside. We get 96% effective. And that's crazy because condoms, if they're perfectly used, are 98% effective. So if there's perfect use of the pullout method, it's almost as effective as using condoms. Um, Now, with that said, uh, condoms have extra protection, extra protection against STIs, and the pullout method doesn't have any uh, protection for those. Um, So along with perfect use, we have typical use. Right. And this is where the bad news about the pullout method comes in, Um, because with typical use, it means that it's only about 81 percent effective. So that means over a year out of 100 women who use the pullout method as their primary form of birth control, uh, 19 will get pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. So not that effective with typical use. But we can talk about how to make your use better, too. And we'll talk about some of those strategies, too. Right. So I think that in the sex education world, a lot of times we don't promote pull-out method as a method of birth control. And that's because it isn't effective against preventing sexually transmitted infections. And it's not crazy great effective at preventing pregnancies. But let's talk about who are the couples that would want to be using this and why. And I think that then we have a little more credibility in, in even like talking about how to improve this and how to make it a good form of birth control. Um, and the 
the real situation is that most people that are using this as a main form of birth control are couples that are in a relationship that are they've been tested so they're not worried about sexually transmitted infection risk and if if they got pregnant it wouldn't be something that would be traumatic to them. They might consider keeping that child um, and they're just not planning on getting pregnant. And so that's really the situation that we're kind of promoting this as, yeah, you can, you can use this as a form of protection when you have really thought through the situation and you're thinking, yes, I want to be able to have unprotected sex and I don't want to have a baby and I don't want to use another form of birth control. Um, but you know, there's also like a pretty solid situation here where we're not worried about STIs and we are, um, we know what to do if a pregnancy does occur. So it sounds like, like there's a lot of boxes you sort of have to check for a public health person to say, this is an okay form of birth, like for us to be, for, for Spring and I to recommend it as a form of birth control that we would encourage for you and whatever your relationship is. A lot of those check boxes. Um, so, but if you are in that relationship and you're practicing it perfectly, remember 96%, so only four out of a hundred women get pregnant if you do it perfectly. Um, there are some groups where we do not recommend this as a primary form of birth control. Um, and a lot of those groups are people who are probably listening to our show. So uh, it is not recommended for really young men. It's not recommended for young couples. It's not recommended for hookups or one night stands because it's not all that effective at preventing pregnancy, but it's still better than nothing, right? So that's kind of that weird place where we sit where, these people probably shouldn't be doing it for a variety of reasons. Like, you know, there's a lot of young men who don't have a lot of control, who don't last that long, who aren't that aware of their body um, and what's going on during sex because they've had bad education. There's a lot of shame. There's a lot of anxiety or there might be a lot of excitement. This might be a new experience and they're not familiar with all of the sensations. So if you fit any of those categories, often it's not the best for you. Um, but we haven't even talked about how it works. Right. So we've said pulling out method, coitus interruptus, um, how it actually works. What is pulling out? Yeah, there we go. Um, So in case you didn't know, pulling out. uh, So whenever a man is having sex, going through whatever it is, uh, there are multiple stages and he gets more and more excited. And eventually you get to this point called ejaculatory inevitability. It means that the guy is going to orgasm no matter what at that point. Nothing's going to stop it. Um, So. What a man does is he gets to know his body, understand all of those feelings, and then before, like right at or right before that period, uh, he'll withdraw or pull out of the vagina or the anus or the mouth, whatever you're pulling out of, and make sure that all of the ejaculate is aimed away from the vulva, right? So you can't spray on or around the vagina, on or around the vulva. You have to make sure all of the semen goes somewhere else, pearl necklaces, on the tummy, on a butt, anywhere but around the vagina. Because if you get any semen on the outside of the vagina, there's a chance, it's not a big chance, but there's a chance that those little swimmers can go from, (laughs) spring just said swim, swim. They can swim all the way from outside 
to an egg and pregnancy can happen. So they can swim really far. So you have to be really careful. So not only is it not recommended for a lot of groups, but the people who are using it, you have to be really careful with goes on with what goes on. You also have to make sure that you pee before sex and in between acts of sex as well to make sure that you clear out all of the pipes so that there's no residual sperm just kind of floating around inside of the urethra. From the last ejaculation. Right. And remember, sperm can stay alive for a very long time. So like three days, three days, four days. And if they get inside of a woman's body, often they can live up to five days. So powerful little swimmers. (laughs) Um, But if you have no other option available, right? Like if you're in the heat of the moment, if you don't have access to condoms, if you live someplace and you can't get them or you don't have money to get them, it's better than nothing. A lot better than nothing. And that just almost made me cry because I I don't, I think that we have so many places that offer free, We I think that we have so many places that offer free condoms that I, I hope that everybody would be able to find a place nearby that has condoms available to you for free. And we know that there's so many places that do that, but, um, but also, yeah, not everybody does have access. And that is true that, um, there are some people that for whatever reason, where they live or what type of, uh, home environment they're in, they might not have access to that. And so it is important to think about all the the different ways that we can reduce our risk. Yeah. Um, Let's see, what else do we have to say? I mean, I think that we should talk about a few of the other benefits, right? So if you're in that relationship with that person, you've been tested, you have a plan in case a pregnancy occurs, pull-out method is completely free, doesn't require any extra cash, or you don't have to go to a doctor, you don't have to get fitted with anything, you don't have to spend any money. So there's a lot of benefits there, too. Um, and let's any other benefits about, that we're missing? Well, I was going to say, let's talk about um, this co-shared responsibility angles. So when most forms of birth control and um, are kind of the woman's responsibility, right? Condom is the only one that's shared otherwise than that. But um, a usually the woman is kind of taking responsibility for not getting pregnant by continuing to take the pill every day or making sure that she... Um, whatever device is in place or that she has gotten her most recent shot or whatever it is. And um, in this case, we're relying on the male to know his body. And um, I think that for some women that can be challenging to also trust that the male partner knows when he's going to ejaculate and knows that he's going to be able to pull out on time. And I think that that not only is a huge amount of trust, but also um, really knowing your partner really well and knowing that they actually have that control and know that about themselves. And that's kind of um, a, a pretty, um, I would say, like advanced level of a relationship in some ways <laughs> to have that um, co-shared understanding of that as well. Yeah. Um, 
And if you're really worried about pregnancy, it also works well with other forms of birth control too, right? So you can use condoms and the pull-out method together to really further reduce the uh, chance of risk of pregnancy. You can use birth control pills, hormonal birth control, and the pull-out method if you're really concerned about pregnancy too. So you can think of it as a way to make other forms of birth control more effective too. I love that. Like making it, you can use all three, condoms and hormonal birth control. And uh, so. Then you don't have to worry about that typical use rate because when you've got three forms like that, you've got pretty much 100% effectiveness. Almost. I'm going to say 100%. She's going to say 100%. I'm going to say 99.999 because (laughs) our bodies overall humans most humans are extra awesome at baby making, like, <laughs> like really good. Like there's crazy stories about it. And a lot of those crazy stories are true. We'll tell you some of them in a later episode. Maybe we'll have a crazy pregnancy episode. I don't know. Um, oh, I just but, heard a crazy pregnancy story this morning. What was your crazy pregnancy story this morning? Um, my friend told me that, um, I mean, it's a, her grandmother, this was years ago, her grandmother gave birth um, a few months early. And when she was giving birth is when she found out that she had twins. (laughs) And I mean, that was a really long time ago. And it was um, very early. So the babies were each only three pounds and they survived. And it was amazing because um, that was like right around the time that they had just enough technology to be able to help that to happen. Um, but yeah, so many, there are so many crazy pregnancy stories and yeah, we could, I have a friend that's a doula. We could have her on and share some pretty crazy things. That would be (laughs) awesome. All right. Um, Oh, I had one more thing about pull-up method that was important to say, especially for our listeners. If you are using any substance, if you are on alcohol, if you are using any drugs, the pull-out method goes from, you know, it's 96% perfect, 81% typical. If you are on substances, it drops to not effective, right? So if you've been <laughs> drinking, if you've been uh, smoking marijuana, if it's legal where you live, huh? we can say that now for a whole bunch of people in the United States, it is not effective. So if you're thinking about strategies and you enjoy engaging in drinking or drugs, seriously consider different methods. Yeah. Okay. I think that's about it. So, what? I think yeah, that's, that's about, about it. it. Okay. And I want to remind everybody that we have some links in the show notes to um, some journal articles and the CDC. Also, if you want to read a little bit more of the science behind some of this, and we also have um, some women's stories about using the plot as their contraceptive method of choice. Um, so make sure you check those out. Yeah. And we and are. Does that at- mean we're at the? We're at the period. And if the pull-out <laughs> method works for you, hopefully you get back to your period, right? Yeah. Uh, see what I just did? Uh, 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 okay. So Wait, are period? you doing the dad jokes today? Oh. Or is it mine still? Uh, uh, I, 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 I will listen to your joke. I might laugh at it. Okay. Are you ready? I, oh, I'm ready. Ooh, you're ready. What's the best game to play on a first date? Uh, I don't know what. 
Jenga to show that if your pull-out game is strong. God, that's so terrible. <laughs> Jenga for teamwork and pulling out all in one. Uh, all right, thanks for listening to us today. Oh. Spring has something else to I say. Just, wait, we just we we do actually recommend getting to know each other on dates, and games are a great yeah. way to do that. So let's just re-remind people of yeah, fun, fun first date activities. Jenga could actually be a good one, besides <laughs> being a great joke. Yeah. Okay, we're ready. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if you have any questions uh, or any comments, you feel free to contact us. You can send us an email uh, where the sex rap at gmail.com. That's wrap with the W. You can call us. We're 413 I Rap It. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at the sex rap. Like, listen, follow. Um, and thanks for listening to us. Bye, everybody. Bye. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or just two of music for this episode provided by the ever elusive and mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. The Podglomerate, a sonic universe.